0: Welcome to Rehab Within Reach. We are your host, Dr. Chrissy Rankin, physical therapist and CrossFit Level 1 coach. And I'm Dr. Sarah Nelson,
1: a physical therapist, and I'm board certified in women's health and lymphedema therapy, and I also hold a master's degree in orthopedic manual therapy.
2: And I'm Dr. Shona Craig. I'm also a physical therapist, a board certified women's health clinical specialist certified lymphedema therapist and yoga teacher.
1: We are a collective of women from various backgrounds who support each other and the community around us that have one thing in common, therapy solutions. This podcast will be addressing how the body, mind, and spirit work together to create our current state of being while offering a refreshing approach to how to create harmony within each system. Our treatment philosophy is to empower people through education by combining modern evidence-based practice with our innate primal wisdom in order to promote body literacy and compassion in your personal healing journey.
2: Even though our professional background started in physical therapy, we take an integrative and holistic approach by addressing all systems of the body in order to bridge the gap between the current medical model in the United
0: States and your ability to make autonomous decisions to achieve independence and wellness. This podcast is meant to challenge you to think in ways that may feel uncomfortable at first, but don't worry. Remember, our goal is to provide resources in order for you to make the best decisions for your well-being, which may go against what most of our society suggests is quote-unquote healthy or correct. As a reminder, this podcast does not replace the medical examination, assessment, and plan of care from a licensed medical provider who has seen you personally. Let's get started. All oh, here. Oh, here. Yay! I had to get
2: baby and dad all set up. <laughs> Make sure going to survive the hour. All right.
1: Okay. I loved your topic selection, Chrissy. <laughs> I
0: yeah, I literally was sitting in the truck uh, at the storage unit. I was like, I think this is a pretty reflecting on on things. I'm like, this is a pretty good topic.
1: <laughs> yeah. When what's it like to? I mean, because you've like put all your stuff away for the year. And
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: What's that been like? Um,
0: yeah, all of our stuff was in so when we sold the house and moved, we like purged a bunch of stuff like to begin with, like with the move. And then we left some uh, stuff at the house too that just weren't like what we needed anymore. Um, and the the people who bought our house were first-time home buyers. So we're like, here's some things that we wish we had in the beginning, you know, kind of a thing. Um, and so then all of our stuff, went into my mother-in-law's garage and then when we moved uh, my sister-in-law moved in with my mother-in-law because she's having um some mental health or not mental health um like dementia style um prop difficulties um so then her stuff was on like the other half of the garage and we were like okay we need like our own space right and we were joking that the storage unit is bigger than the than the travel trailer we're living in right now um and so we like we've had a lot of discussions since our traveling of like oh how much do we really need right and we don't need much and I'm definitely one of the first people to like purge things um if I because I, I just don't have as much of attachment to physical things as I think a lot of people do um so I think first off like that was the the idea of like us traveling in such a small space and still living in 150 square feet like we we realized what we can what we truly need to survive on and live on and stuff like that and then the other half of that is when we were putting everything into our storage unit like I thought it would I would take the time to like we can purge more or we can sell things or something like that and I actually was looking at so many things and I'm like I I actually think we're like the right amount of stuff for that whenever and that's in quotes right like the right amount of stuff for now especially like when we move into like an actual store or an actual storage unit (laughs) an actual um like stable or stationary home i should say um then we have all the things because we really when you look at it like the size that we got of storage unit should only fit like two um two bedroom apartment and we have our entire house in it pretty much so um except for like some of our lawn stuff and like like our mower and stuff like that but um so it was really, it was really eye opening. Just to, again, there's like a a scene in that Eat Pray Love movie, and it's from the book too, where she's like, I can't believe all my stuff into this small little storage unit, and he's like, Do you know how many times I hear that in a in a week? Um, it definitely puts um perspective of like your stuff in your in a one singular place all together, and like how that represents your life.
1: Hmm so how does it feel to be free of that s- stuff in a sense you're free of it. like you're living yeah. it right now
0: yeah yeah I it feels good I I um we have to definitely do a lot more like planning and a lot more organizations of things um because like our refrigerator is like the size of a dorm fridge, right? Like um, we do thankfully have this bunk space that's above me right now that um, we can put um, we put bins in so that we can have a couple other like shoes, you know, and clothes that if we need extra stuff, but um, the organization um, just seems to be more important um, just because we have to maximize as much space as possible to feel comfortable um but then you truly realize like how little you need like um you know it's it's pretty pretty eye opening
1: so then does it end up taking less time because you don't have to take care of your stuff so much because you have less stuff
0: Uh, yeah i think the probably maybe more frequently it it feels like it's the same or or um, more frequent because since it is so small, it can get cluttered quickly or it can get dirtier quickly. Whereas like our last house, you know, upstairs where the whole living area was 2,100 square feet. And so you can like throw things in a room <laughs> and like close the door and not think about it for two months. Right. Um, Or like the bathroom was again like, as dirty because we had two bathrooms and we were able to like split time in between them and then you know whereas now it's you know er everything happens in one space um and then we have two dogs right and uh they get a little dirty so um you know we're realizing um before like maybe we didn't clean our our uh blankets as often as we should have um just because we didn't necessarily have or because we had 15 blankets right and we could like rotate them through whereas now we only have Four blankets and they get used, you know, quicker. So, mm. um, that awareness, I think, awareness to your surroundings is a lot more when we're in the smaller space, for sure. Interesting.
1: Well, and Shona, I remember you going through the Marie Kondo book. Oh,
2: yeah. I remember that. Yeah, that was life changing. I mean, I, I, I read her book and I watched her videos and I took what I could and applied it to my life. I didn't do it as intensely as she recommended, but, um, I started by, with my clothes and going through and doing the whole, like, does this bring me joy? Yes, no pile. Um, and then I got rid of a ton of clothes and then I learned how to fold the clothes that she, the way she does and that actually ended up freeing up a lot of space in my drawers and now I can see everything that I have because things are like um, stacked next to each other versus on top of each other. And I still fold my clothes like that to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, and every time it's just that difference of when you open when I open the drawer, instead of me thinking like, oh, like where is that shirt and having to you know, rifle through the drawer and maybe it's on the bottom or it's like that little bit of stress to start the day. It's like, oh, I see all of my clothes lined up. I pick it out. I don't think about it. Um, so, and then the other thing I took away from that book, because that was like years later, I, I still think about how um, everything has a home. And that, I don't know, that just helps me so much when I see little things around. Like, okay, where to, just put that back in its home or find a home. And if it doesn't have a home um, and I noticed, I don't know if Gordy naturally is in like does this, or if he picked it up from me, but right. He's 20 months old and started a few months ago. He is everything. Everything is, yeah, he takes it out and then he says, Back. <laughs> He's like, To put it back. He's like, really into putting things back into their home. Oh and <laughs> I know, like, definitely try to keep encouraging that. Um, it's very helpful. Makes me feel okay if he dumps out an entire jar of crayons, like, because then we're like, Okay, well, now we're gonna take him out Let me him <laughs> and we put them back. It's like fun for him, too. So, um, Yeah, those were my main takeaways that I still think about to this day. Um, And of course, I mean, I could talk about too. Just having kids, (laughs) like, I think having some of these tools in my tool belt, going in, having practiced them before kids was really helpful. Mm -hmm. Because once you have kids, it's just like everything is just a little bit, a lot more chaotic, and you know, kids are dragging stuff out and. It's hard to keep things in their place. It's hard to keep things in their home. And sometimes I feel like I'm constantly cleaning and putting things back. Um, But I guess that's just a practice, too. It's just breathing through that and staying present with it. and uh, Like, you know, (laughs) playing with that frustration and like, okay, this is just how it is. And and it's true, like what Christy was saying, that the less stuff you have, that also just decreases your stress because... Mm. I don't know. I feel like the, everything that I own, like has a place in my brain somewhere Mm -hmm. that I have to, it's, I possess it. I have, I like want to know it. I want to know where it is. Um, I want to know how it works. And so it's like the more stuff I have, the more stuff I have to think about. And then I do get that sense of when I get rid of stuff, it's like, Oh, that's one less thing. Like that has to take up space in my brain. Mm -hmm. Um, so I do appreciate <laughs> decluttering in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What else?
1: Well, I did I right. just in the last month read an article, uh, something, I can't remember where, but that Marie Kondo, now that she has kids mm-hmm. putting up with more clutter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But I think that's like the nuance of it all, right? Like at some it. You know, different parts of times of our life and different chapters of our life, we're going to have different priorities. And, and we also, you know, because there's always like a balance, right? And, you know, people who take decluttering and minimalistic lifestyle to the extreme, right, is probably unhealthy, right? And people who take it to the max of super maximalism and, and, hoarding, which then, yeah, hoarding. Well, yeah, hoarding. There we go. That is, you know, the spectrum there is, um, it can be, we can see it there, right? So finding that middle ground of where you feel like you can function well physically and emotionally and mentally um, while having the things you need to survive, like that's going to be different for every single person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. at
1: some point in my 20s because my mother was big into collecting things and she loved antiques so she you know encouraged me to have a collection and so i started collecting like milk bottles or something i don't even know where they are they're probably in a box somewhere Mm -hmm. um oh they probably are um and i realized like i had a bookshelf and it was getting full of stuff and i'm like this is this is not voting well where this is going to end up if I keep doing it. So I quit. And then when my parents have passed away here, um, they, I inherited their stuff Mm -hmm. and my Uh sister, what a saint she went through it all. She went, and I thought that they had decluttered, but they had two little storage units in their, um, like in their apartment. Um, that were just full of stuff that she had to go through. And then she said they had like, they had saved all these pictures and and they had duplicates, like back in the day, you know. Yeah,
0: you always got (laughs) two.
1: Yeah, you would get duplicate pictures. And they were pictures of them with their friends. Well, we don't know their friends. So these were like not useful pictures for us to have, but Mm -hmm. they kept them around. so she had to sort through all that and now i have a box in that closet i have to go through but there's this weird part to it where it's like well this is this is what i have of my parents and what do i do with it um i do have a lot of things a few things like right now i'm looking at this Bookshelf that my dad had in his office, and I have it now. And so, whenever I look at it, it's like he's around. And I have a <clears throat> another piece of furniture that my mom loved, and um, I really love having their stuff around. It like reminds me of them. This is a new level uh, for me because um, you know I have haven't lost people until this last mm-hmm. <clears throat> since 2019 yeah I have this other thing my sister she said she would be remembered in rainbow so her her daughter gave us all prisms
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you know, mm-hmm. i have one hanging there mm-hmm. so this stuff starts to bring on this kind of meaning mm-hmm. um where it's remembering people but now when I go then my kids are left with stuff that doesn't have meaning for them but I'm like oh I'm looking at something right now that I played with as a kid and like they should want that right (laughs) (laughs) or my grandma she used to knit and crochet coverings for hangers and oh
0: my gosh.
1: I think these are wonderful. as a kid, I was like, oh, grandma gave me covered hangers for Christmas again. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, that's lame. <laughs> but oh. now, now here I am. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have all of these things she made. And I inherited some from my mother that she had. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and they're really wonderful for hanging your clothes up because they don't slip off. So I have this thing to remember my grandmother by, Um my daughter-in-law, she's big at getting rid of stuff. She did not see the value in the covered hangers. I, I was, <laughs>
0: <pissed>. <laughs> you're like, yeah. At that point, you're like, they they make these covered hangers. Like, I could just buy them, right? <laughs> Which,
1: I was like, well, like, not only are they practical, but they're um, you know sentimental. They go yeah. back. Three generations
2: now. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's such a struggle with like the wanting to keep that memorabilia and those memories. And then being like, Oh, like just get rid of it. <laughs> yeah. I like some stuff it's like, it's such a, I feel like that's such a human thing though, to want to hang on to memories and your past mm-hmm. and your, where you came from. And, um, I don't know. I guess you just have to find that balance for yourself is like, if you, if you find it useful and like you enjoy it in the moment, then yeah, like use the covered hangers. Like that's so cool. Mm -hmm. And it gives you that bonus of memory, like person, but it's like, I know I also have just like stuff, photos of even my own life in a box that every time I, that are in my parents' attic. Mm -hmm. And every time I go home, my mom's like, okay, can you just go through like one box <laughs> two boxes <laughs> and just either take stuff with you or throw it out and and then I'll spend hours just like going through it being like oh that memory and I was literally going through my like chemistry notes from college oh, wow. and, <laughs> like all my PT notes that I'd saved and this time I was like you know what I am never when am I going to look at? Like all these pictures of molecules. <laughs> I'm just like, all right, these are going out. All this hard work. At the clinic, I have a three ring binder
1: of my notes from when I went through the Grimsby program. Uh-huh. And, and um,
2: I can't get rid of them. <laughs> I don't, there's plenty of stuff I couldn't get rid of. I'm like if I, if I could see some relevance in it still to this day, then I kept it. But yes, school notes
1: are a big one.
2: I bet mm-hmm. you if I went
1: and looked, there's a file cabinet in there. Um, I bet you I got some. Did you get rid of all your yeah. Chrissy, or do you still have some?
0: I. I think a year after I graduated PT school is when I put them all like 95% of them to the curb to recycle and then I kept 5% thinking like it would use it as a reference and then I realized like the internet works like that exists and so I don't like need this outdated like pamphlet that I was given like for special tests like I can literally Google it. So then I realized I could also get rid of, of, of this too. <laughs> yeah. It's a thing. Yeah. It's
2: like, what are we holding on? What are we really holding on to? I don't. Yeah. And I, I
0: think part of mine of why, and I, I say like, I'm really good at decluttering, but I also think to a fault because at some point there's been a few times where I realized I should have kept something and I wish I did keep something. So there's like a nice balance, you know, between it all. Um, but my yeah. mom, she also made me go through um a box of a few things that she like. So they moved to Florida ten years ago, and they still had like a couple boxes of my stuff, and um after I already moved out of the house and like all that kind of stuff. So I didn't know what was in it, like, cause my mom likes to keep a lot more than I do, and she literally had like doctor's notes of for me from when I was 10 you know she had um I'm like okay we can definitely get rid of those right um and then within that was also though she took actually um like nine years to graduate college just because of life right Mm -hmm. so she kept her like college like report cards um and you know I I looked at them and like for me I'm like oh I could you know if that was mine I would throw them away right but for her like what an like a manifestation of her hard work and the trials and tribulations that she went through to get to that degree um with all the things going on in her life like you know what a amazing way to honor herself but then I'm like mom like you could put this like in a frame right like I know this isn't a diploma but you know, it shows the the hard work that you did in order to do what you had to do and, you know, let's honor it. I think that's where I sometimes have a trouble with, um, with accumulating stuff in boxes because like, if you're not enjoying it, like that hard work or showing, um, pictures or, um, anything that could potentially have meaning to you and bring you joy every day, yes, you're bringing more stuff into your home, but they're meaningful to you. And how can we honor that um, while also not feeling overwhelmed with stuff? Like, I just find it really interesting with having all of that stuff in a box um, and just never, and maybe go every time you move, right, is when you only, is the only time that you look at it. So
2: Yeah, yeah. But I bring this back with me through life.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's another
2: thing to have in your mind at all times. It's like a box in a closet somewhere.
0: Yeah, when I would rather it be like on a wall or in a scrapbook or something so that I can go to it, you know, when I need it, you know, kind of a thing. Right. Yeah, and
2: if you don't, I guess that's the decision point. It's like if you don't think you can see it on your wall or a scrapbook, then maybe you just get rid of it and if you still have the memory of what you went through and is that enough the scrapbook
0: Hmm. i I remember in the growing up that scrapbook became like so so popular um which i think is also like the height of like maximalism too because like they would go all out on on decorations and prints and you know all that kind of they had you know scrapbooking parties um you know it was a yeah
1: yeah, it was a a tangible palpable uh, way of doing things we've really kind of gotten away from that you don't hear people doing
0: that they like digitize everything now yeah um, instead yeah yeah
1: Mm -hmm. i wonder when people like with the disasters that are happening and the flooding Mm -hmm. and then people lose everything Mm -hmm. so all these i think of that because i'm like if my house flooded oh my goodness that would be such a mess Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: and then all this stuff that i've held on to would be gone you know
2: i can't yeah i don't know it I try to just remind myself, like, well, we can't take anything with us when we die, so
0: mm-hmm.
2: we're all gonna have to let go of everything eventually. Yeah,
1: I I haven't read it yet. I want to, but I was there's this book that some of my friends are reading, the Swedish, the gentle art of Swedish death cleaning, and it is that idea that when you go, you what are you leaving for the people um, that have to clean up after you. Um. Brene Brown talks about it in one of her more recent books too um and and so I even when I turned 60 I thought okay I'm going to start I'm going to spend this decade um slimming down on my stuff and I'm four years into it I haven't done anything
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> intention is there <laughs>
0: Yeah well then a pandemic happened during it so at that point you're like I have more important things I have to worry about than yeah decluttering my stuff that's true but I think that's an also important point is like I feel just like anything that goes to the extreme like minimalism got really cool because it's the direct opposite of consumerism that a capitalistic society like really thrives on right Mm -hmm. so but then the people who are in this minimalistic mentality like think they're morally superior and like that's not true either like you're actually an a-hole right like I just oh there we go is that your mom's hat this is my mother's
1: hat hat collection
0: nice
1: oh (laughs) I haven't got rid of any
0: Oh my gosh. Oh, that is adorable. She must have been the most fashionable lady in Madison. Oh my gosh,
1: she was I did not appreciate how amazing she was with dress and style. Mm-hmm. She was very stylish.
2: And my granny was like that too. I actually still have some of my granny's shoes that I wear. I love them because uh one of them just fell apart actually the other week, which was very sad, but
1: yeah. So I don't I don't know who's going to pick up on this stuff. Uh, actually as we're talking about this like a lot of this stuff does bring me joy <laughs>
2: like
0: the, yeah. I, yeah. And I, th- I it's definitely I think the intent behind it, right? Like um you know, if it's being re- in a, an appropriate place, that's being respected and you can enjoy it fantastic. You know, like when we're throwing things on Toro Lawn because we have nowhere else to put it and you know, it's just a piling up or in the basement, right? Like that to me can be difficult. But like like I just said before, you brought the hats down. Like there is no morality to it though. If you're not a bad person if you have a bunch of stuff and you're not a good person if you have little stuff. Like Great. that's not that's not there is no morality to it. So um I definitely wanna make sure that people don't feel like we're saying that you have to be Be a minimalist minimalist. in in order to be a good person because that's not true
1: there is i was looking when we talked about doing this topic so there there have been studies done to demonstrate that having a lot of clutter though does increase anxiety it disrupts sleep and it it interrupts the ability to focus that and one study that was done i love this it was like in movies Where the scene has a lot of clutter in the background, people have trouble identifying the emotions of the character on the screen.
0: Mm, um, Interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah. And um, clutter was also associated with poor eating choices. People tended Hmm. to snack more um, and choose snacks that were more um, metabolically challenging, like candy bars over fruit. And then ex-, ex, in extremely cluttered homes, seventy-seven percent were more likely to be o- overweight. The people who mm. had really cluttered homes. So and and it it's been shown that people have raised levels of cortisol in mm. clutter. But it's interesting, Chrissy, that like so you have less stuff right now, but in a smaller space, it can create stress too because of the quickly
0: the the dirt can that and um like we have um like where we put all of our food like our pantry food items Mm -hmm. like it's it's a, a lot taller than I am and so I can get like things in the front part of it but the back stuff I couldn't get and I also forgot like what we had so um and our In our stuff, I was finally able to find like our, because I was like, oh, I'll just buy more organization stuff. I'm like, no, 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 we have it, right? I just have to find it in our stuff, and that was also partly why we like were moving our stuff from my mother in law's garage to a storage unit, is so that we could really see what we have, and then declutter as we go. And I found that like the organizational bins, and so now I put them up there, and now I can see it. Like I still can't reach everything, but I know which like location they are. So it felt really good to be able to do that. Yesterday, we also, um, we were kind of in limbo between our winter clothes and our summer clothes. And I'm like, okay, we need to like switch all of them out. Um, we can't have them all in one spot. So um, we were able to uh, switch those out and feel less like cluttered or less, you know, I had like 10- sweatshirts and sweatpants like threw at the top of our like where the room that we like closed the door on um which isn't a room it's a bunk bed um that um was just sitting there I'm like I need to do something about this so yeah even though we have less stuff but we live in a smaller place still trying to make sure we have our comfortability um and so being able to organize and reposition things was was really nice yesterday
1: yeah Oh, I have another one to show you that's within arm's reach. Can I grab it? So this comes. Oh my gosh, I haven't touched it in so long; it's a little grimy.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my For God. people who are listening, it is. What which angel is that? I don't. Is it like know. a specific angel? Oh, it is like a porcelain angel. <laughs> That is beautiful.
1: <laughs> it, it was a gift to me from a patient. <laughs> it, you know, you might say it's gaudy, but it's, uh, it, it's like, so this has got to be at least 20 years old. And this patient gave it to me. Actually, had the wife, uh, the, the husband, um, had, oh, the, the, the husband had heart failure and and I took care of them. And she said, oh, you were our angel. So she gave that to me. Aww. And, uh, you know, so I just always remember them. And,
0: uh, yeah. Um, yeah, you can get rid of that forever. So that's, <laughs> that's with you forever. <laughs> um,
1: so I, you know, I spent time in AA and there was this guy who lived in a car, lived in his car. And it was interesting to me because um, <clears throat> this one, one lady, um, she really liked him and she gave him a little charm. And he got rid of it. He gave it away. And he said, I, he said that he had to be really selective about what he kept because he was living in his car could not have a lot of stuff so I thought even this little charm he didn't hold on to yeah, because of how much room it would take how quickly you accumulate stuff maybe you're finding that too Chrissy as you guys go along
0: oh yeah yeah we I remember when, at one point when we were um, throwing a bunch of stuff away from before our to stage our home, right, and then, um, how many dump runs we made, or how many um, like at one point we got where we had someone, like we had to have someone like that had a trailer, like put some stuff on, um, and some of it was construction stuff too, so it wasn't just like stuff. And you just see that accumulation happen, and uh, for me, that definitely gives me anxiety, um, because I think part of it just means I have more things I have to be responsible for. And it's like I already am responsible for a lot of things. I don't need more things to add onto my plate unless they're really important in how my life functions. So I think that might be why I kind of, um, I it gives me anxiety to have too much stuff around. Um, And it's interesting too because like my, I think some of this is also generational. Um, My grandparents who were, you know, the silent generation and they grew up in the depression, right? Um, now, granted, both my grandparents, even though they won't admit it, um, they grew up with better access to wealth than I think they would like to admit that they did. Mm-hmm. So they had the privilege of starting up, even though, yes, they experienced a depression and how horrible that was and um, how no matter who you are in that that cycle you felt it Mm -hmm. um they did have privilege um so it comes out now in their like the size of their home like they're 92 years old and have a 5,000 square foot home that they've been in for like almost 20 years and it's like because they have so much stuff right and it's like up in the in the attic and because you know especially during the depression after like materials was a sign of wealth and that was important for a lot of people um to show that they survived the recession or the depression um well um and at some point my grandmother also like she this is the first time she she like asked me directly but she notoriously would like She's worried about where all the stuff is going to go, right? (laughs) So she'll put names of people on a sticky and put it underneath the item. My mother and (laughs) yes, I think, but it it makes sense. Like for them, they're like, my whole life is here, and when I'm gone, are you just going to throw it away? Like, and I understand that anxiety from her. Um, and she this was the first time that she like blatantly asked me like, what do I want? And the hard part about that too is like we don't have a great relationship. So I'm like I don't want anything because except for your love, like that's all that I want and your stuff doesn't give that to me. So I don't want anything. Of course I couldn't say that, right? And so I said, well, no there's like nothing I I nothing comes to mind. And she goes, "Well, it would it would make me feel a lot better if you could tell me what you want. It gives me a lot of less stress, right?" Uh-huh. And I said, any of the cooking stuff like like she has and she was she is an, a fantastic cook so I'm sure she has some amazing Dutch ovens right uh like LaCroix stuff um and I'm sure she has amazing utensils and um uh, like she has some really pretty wooden like serving bowls mm-hmm. and I'm like that stuff is I would I, I would enjoy um but of course, when I said that, she was like, "Oh, I don't know." Like, it's so okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. I, so, so I,
1: I did take some of my mom's plates, and it is really nice. when we eat off them. We remember her. Yeah,
0: and yeah. my, mm-hmm. you know, what's crazy too about stuff like, um, so one of my family members passed in twenty twenty. And my other grandmother on my mom's side, she was cleaning out her home and she was like a semi hoarder ish, but like in a different way, like she was an interesting person, but she had a box of China from her wedding and my grandmother, the other grandmother, right? She was like, well, I don't want this. Like, do you want it? Cause uh, unfortunately the person who passed her daughter had passed before too. So There was no one to, like, no inheritor to give it to, right? And I was like, and mind you, this was in Ohio, and we're living in Washington. And I'm like, if it makes you feel better, I will take it, right? And she shipped an entire box of expensive (laughs) china to Washington. So I can only imagine what that cost, right? and it was like the salad plates the dinner plates the gravy boat the teacups like all of it and i opened it up and the packaging um or the some of so my grandmother used some bubble wrap but there was also stuffed newspaper from the 70s in it um and so that thing hasn't been opened since the 70s most likely um and we um we act, we've only used it once. Um, we used it for Thanksgiving, the first uh, quarantine uh, COVID Thanksgiving. Um, and then we just left it in the basement. And we actually, <laughs> like, Kurt and I, uh, when we were moving out of our house, um, like, we got everything. Like, we did, like, a run. We had, like, all our car, our, both our trucks were, like, maxed to the points of being stuffed. And then we're like sitting there hugging each other, like kind of having a moment of like, oh, our first chapter is closing and now we're opening up a new one. And then we both were like, the China. (laughs) So we like had to go (laughs) to get the China back into the basement, but it couldn't fit into our car. So thankfully, our, our realtors like got it for us and kept it for us until we could pick it up. So, um, it's what a wild ride that China has yeah. been, but it's, it's super pretty. Um, So we, my mom's like, you should use it for every day. Cause yeah. Yeah. You know technically you're not supposed to put in the, in the dishwasher, but she's like, just put it in the dishwasher. Like I'm sure Who it's, super, it? well, we don't have a dishwasher now, but right. eventually when we have one again, you know, we'll be able to use it.
1: <laughs> it used to be, it seems to me like it used to be a bigger deal that things were passed on in the family.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Shona, do you, does your family have some stuff? Because I mean, you're coming from Scotland with your you know, like,
2: yeah, I mean, I remember when my grandmothers died, um, we went over to Scotland. And it was interesting, because all of my both of my grandmothers were burgled. So they had they all of their jewelry and everything. They had very little, like, nice stuff. So that always, I think it was sad for my mom, because she's like, well, I don't but there's only, there was like a few nice pieces to choose from. And then my mom's sister got more stuff because yeah, it was hard for us to like ship stuff over. So we don't have a ton of stuff, but the things that we do are meaningful. Um, And then my parents are, have a more minimalistic mindset in general. Like my dad, um, they just like things to be neat and tidy and um, not a mess. And then my mom is always getting rid of stuff. Um, so I can appreciate that I was like the messy one in the family growing up, but now I realize it's all relative because I think in general I am pretty like organized. Um I don't the yeah. I don't think we have too much stuff that's gonna be passed down. Um which I'm okay with. Yeah, I got a box. Easier. Maybe,
1: maybe I'll call you guys and you can talk me through. It. <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> How do we <I> do this? <laughs> One thought I was having was, um, especially that it's coming up more as a parent, is like the balance between, like having really nice stuff and the stress of it getting ruined. So like nice clothes. Mm-hmm. And then I don't actually wear them because I'm afraid that it's I'm gonna get messy paws on Oliver. <laughs> like I went through a whole thing recently where I'm like all of my sweatshirts have stains on them because mm-hmm. of babies are just messy. <laughs> yeah. yeah <they> and <laughs> I got really stressed about it because I'd buy a new sweatshirt and then it would get ruined like immediately. And so that's when I started like thrifting more because I like high quality things and I like to enjoy what I wear and not just wear like rags all the time. Um Cause then I don't feel, I feel good like when I'm wearing nice things and then, so now I do enjoy thrifting cause I'm like, oh, this is a high quality item, but I didn't spend a ton of money on it. So I'm not as upset when I, if it gets stained Um and then I'm actually wearing them, and they're not just sitting on the shelf waiting for some, like, special occasion that rarely comes around. So, yeah, I feel like that's definitely been more of a balance since my life has gotten literally messier with having a kid. Um, yes. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> what was like, thinking about that. Um, oh, yeah, I just then I just bought like a nice, a couple nice aprons. I was like, you know what? I just need like a mom uniform <laughs> so I can wear like nice clothes underneath and feel good about that. And then just wear a pretty apron on top. So I don't have to stress about it so much.
0: Ah, oh, That's
1: mm-hmm. the origin of
2: aprons. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <likely>. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. There's just so much like, Baby messes, food, cleaning dishes, like cleaning the house. It's a dirty job. <laughs> <laughs> <It's perfect. laughs> like, yeah, you really got to get your hands dirty. And yeah, I my apron now. I remember so. all those burp
1: stains on my shoulder.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's something like I felt inherently important to, for me, to feel good like to feel good in my clothes because I started just Mm -hmm. wearing like really raggy like old sweatpants and sweatshirts and I was like well now I don't feel like my beautiful like feminine self Mm -hmm. um so that's where I was like okay I need to I want to wear these nice at least like leggings and like a nice top (laughs) but I'll just wear an apron over it (laughs) that was my compromise (laughs) (laughs)
1: myself. <laughs> I think that's a great idea.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> they make some fun aprons. Yeah. yeah.
0: There's some really cool ones. Yeah. I think
2: I got it's like a Japanese style. I got it on Etsy. Mm. it just kind of slips over your head. Um real easy has pockets in the front. So it's like pretty and utilitarian. Interesting. So. Interesting. Um
1: Let's see. Oh, there was one resource I used to give a lot to my patient so that if we go back to that story, the guy who lived in the car, the person who gave him the charm, coincidentally, we're in a small town. So this person came to me as a patient and um, the, the, the one who gave the gift of the charm. And um, she was actually had a lot of... Cr- chronic pain. And, um, this was decades ago. So I think I can say this, but I'm not identifying this person at all. Um, she, it turned out she was a hoarder of sorts. Like her house was so cluttered. Um, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. and I, I was wondering like how, he, you know, here, she came to us with a physical problem and, you know, we could just give exercises, which are in a sense, more cluttered. I have mm-hmm. a thing I say to patients now, you know, the way a physical therapist says that they love you is they give you an exercise to do.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you
1: can't come to a visit without leaving with an exercise. Right. <laughs> and they end up with too many exercises. They can't do them all. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah. You know, quit your job so you can do all the exercises that your <laughs> therapist gives you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, really what you need to do is just set a time aside, if it's 10 minutes or 15 or whatever, that you're gonna do some kind of movement and you use some of the gifts you've been given. Um, but this lady with her, her stuff, she, her job, what she really needed to do was clean out her home. Mm-hmm. And that I, I don't know that we're asking those questions of our patients, you know, what's it like in your house? How do you feel mm-hmm. in your home? Mm-hmm. Because that could be some of what's keeping
2: them stuck in
1: their physical problem.
2: That's a good point. It does seem that your inner being, like your inner mental state is a direct reflection of your external environment mm-hmm. in many ways. So, and just, you, it could probably work both ways. Like if you declutter your home, it's been shown to help decrease stress levels and all that. And then probably if you do inner work on yourself too, through healing work, I, I do believe then that it will sort of manifest in uh, a clearer, more healing environment. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's you start working on yourself and then you you get more motivation to like clean your environment, or mm-hmm. it just sort of have, happens.
1: There was a website I found and I just looked, it's still there. It's flylady.net. Lady, fly And, um, she's also got a Facebook page now, but it teaches people how to clean. And it was little things like, uh, tie, put your, tie your shoes and go clean your sink and -hmm. just clean your sink or take 15 minutes and run around your house with a bag and pick up stuff you're going to throw away. And when the timer goes off, you're done. And, um, sometimes people are inspired to keep going, but you know, you only have to do something for 15 minutes. Yeah.
2: Cool.
0: It was interesting. And isn't that like a manifestation of like anything like the all or nothing mentality? Like everyone thinks like, like yesterday, Kurt and I took five hours to literally transfer our stuff to one storage place to another storage place. Um, And then another, hour to organize our clothes and then another half an hour or whatever to for me to organize some of the things in here too. And like in reality like we could have done one run right and then the next day do another run but we just have this mentality in our culture of like the all or nothing thing I either if I if I'm going to clean, you know I'm gonna do it for six hours in the whole house. But if you do the 15 minutes twice a day or once a day, just like exercise, right? Like if I could mm-hmm. exercise twice a day for 15 minutes, like I'm doing better than 90% of the world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just, I, I see how all or nothing mentality can creep into our lives like so much more than just health and wellness or exercise and nutrition. Like it shows up in so many different ways.
1: Yeah. And, you know, the Ayurveda tip of the, uh, you know, (laughs) of the podcast, like it, one of the main principles, fundamental principles in Ayurveda is routines. You have Mm -hmm. morning Mm -hmm. routines to get the body going and you have evening routines to quiet yourself down and be able to sleep. And, you know, cleaning or decluttering can be part of a routine that where I spend five or 10 minutes on something and uh, that little bit every day does go a long way um yeah
2: yeah. I think making it easy for yourself um I like the little tips such as like I keep a a cleaning wand with vinegar and soap and water in my bathroom like in the shower Mm -hmm. so you start to notice it's getting a little grimy like I'll just take that wand and go do a quick like literally after I'm done like while I'm in the shower <laughs> or I'll I'll keep it it's in the bathroom so I'll take it and just do a quick to the sinks and I don't know that just that just helped so much rather than having to think about like Chrissy was saying like and oh, how I need to spend three hours cleaning my house and <laughs> I try to do little things like that Somewhat regularly, that takes two minute, one minute. So. That's neat, and that's like the, so. This flylady.net has stuff
1: like that, and I remember reading it years ago. Like people giving their testimonials for using her tips. Like one lady ended up getting a divorce, which was I guess she was in a bad relationship and she needed to move on, and uh, getting her house cleaned helped her do helped her do that.
2: <laughs> exactly, you get. Give more space to your mind to like deal with other things in life. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Those
1: are the things that I I have. So um yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I'm t- you know, sometimes I go okay. In summary, what did we just uh, mm-hmm. what did we just come to? Well, yeah, I think the conversation really hits me that it's like you know, that things can bring us joy,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it's not about how much stuff you have; it's how much you enjoy your stuff.
2: Mhm. Mhm.
1: Mm-hmm. And. Um, you know if there's one thread hanging out there I was um thinking about what you what you said about the like the generation <clears throat> that my parents were in like the depression generation and they they really accumulated the wealth of the country right mm-hmm. and now they're just it's um not really getting dispersed because uh you know it's just, being passed down to the next
0: generations and such um yeah or it's being used on end of life care that uh, is getting so expensive yeah yeah
1: it's almost as if uh, somebody figured out hey this generation has a lot of money let's charge them <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> let's get that mm-hmm. which is probably you know it's a way of dispersing the money so um <laughs> uh there was there's this thing in the bible called the year of jubilee and i don't believe i've talked to you guys about it but it actually is a great concept and i think it was like every 50 years or something like that they just started over they um eliminated all that you know canceled debts and yeah. and they just did like a financial reset of of the culture and i i'm like that is brilliant the longer i live the more i see oh you kind of have to do it because wealth tends to accumulate. And then the whole society suffers and there's archeological, is that it? Like what's the word, anthropology examples of uh, when a society gets out of balance with material wealth and financial wealth, the whole society suffers and there needs to be this reset um and maybe our clutter is an example of that too um
0: yeah i think accumulating any form of wealth whether it's tangible money versus tangible items is a direct result of capitalism and consumerism and the value of that over um over other things in our life that seem to be more important mm-hmm. um, or that we would like to be more important. Um, I think that's partly why I've been, um, like why I have also been more of the getting rid of stuff type of person. Cause like where we used to live, like across the street from us was like a family who like they, the amount of trash that they threw away every week, was astonishing to me now granted they had more people living in that house than most because um, they were a multi-generational family so that is going to accumulate more waste and 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 stuff like that um but also they didn't seem like a very happy family either and so you're like is there a direct relationship of like consumers like they're they're following in the the trap and I I even hesitate to use that word of capitalism and consumerism thinking that would make them happy and um in reality like I don't think it did right so um it is kind of like a manifestation of that yeah
1: capitalism only works if there's underlying values where people value each other And, you know, they have integrity, honesty, working for the good of all instead of for Mm -hmm. oneself. And when that goes away and greed takes over, then capitalism isn't going to work. Yeah. So, and that's my political statement for the day.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a theme that we've been harping on for, yeah, since the beginning of this. So, yeah. If they don't, people don't know it now. You know, <laughs> yeah. they should know by now. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. Well, very good, you guys. Thank you. Yeah. Thank that you. Yeah, it was a yeah. That was
0: awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our group tends to have these fantastic discussions, and we always ask ourselves why we haven't recorded any of them. And now, here we are. If you are interested in more content, we'll be releasing new episodes every other Monday. You can also check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching Therapy Solutions P-L-L-C. That P-L-L-C is super important. This is the Rehab Within Reach podcast, where all are encouraged to experience wholeness and independence. See you soon.